Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I just realized that you... I was like, wow, oh. that, that hike really got to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's so funny? I got my lashes done today, and the lady who was doing them, I told her about the hike, and then I showed her the video clip. Did you guys see, see the video I did of the hike? I no, saw I haven't some seen. Of it. No, not the live. The 60-second. Oh. I mean, like a really fancy 60-second. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it yet. I haven't been on Instagram yet. It was 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Like, I'll I haven't been it. through my... Y'all didn't have 60 seconds. I'm I'll going to put it on my high priority. I believe the children of the future, huh? Yeah. You young people, you didn't have the patience for watching 60 seconds. How... Be on Instagram. I'm a TikTok girl. I, I really feel like I sometimes act younger than y'all. Like we sometimes switch really? places. Perfect example. I was like, yo, hey, my friend has this amazing party. It's a celebrity DJ. It's like it's queer, so you guys will feel comfortable. Come out. And my was like, oh, you know, we're gonna be in bed at that time. We don't really do. <laughs> we don't really party like that. How know? old are you? I'm 26. How old are you? 25. Y'all think I, <laughs> I go to bed at 9 p.m. At 25. I just be tired. I, At 26. I got chronic fatigue. You, okay. You know what I'm realizing? There's a, a genre of people your age yeah. who I call them premature grandmas. Yeah. Oh, I know so. a lot of 20 somethings who act like grandmothers. Yeah. Meanwhile, us mid 30s, early 40s, we're still popping in like we did in the 90s. Like, what is going on? I think the COVID, social media. The pandemic messed it up. Like, I think after the pandemic, I'm like, I'm good chill now. Y'all were like this before the pandemic, but that's cute for you. Look at your face. <laughs> I feel like after I graduated college, and then mm-hmm. I graduated college and the pandemic started, right? And so yeah. I moved back home, and I'm home, right? Uh huh. And so I'm with my parents. Of course, I have to be more sheltered. You can't be like, ah. You know what I mean? You know what and I, then the pandemic happened. I'm like, oh, I can't even be more. Uh, you know, like. Uh, but you don't even want to. You can't. Nah, you just I don't. don't want to. There's a difference. And I think what's. Nah, what's I, don't. The, yeah. I think that social media is aging you guys. It could be so. I th- I, because I think that. I remember, we're talking about this in the car. The younger generation is pushing y'all out earlier. Like, usually you're 35 before you're out of touch with the, mm-hmm. with the new music mm-hmm. and you feel like you don't know what's popular. Because of TikTok, 12 year olds are making 25-year-olds feel like grandmas. But I also think another hypothesis 12-year-olds 12-year-olds did not even have that bandwidth or Wi-Fi when I was 12. I had no ability to make the elders feel like old people yet. That's true. But I have a hypothesis, too. And, not but and. And I have a a hypothesis is that I think for us, too, being like academics within our immediate family, like the smart ones, and then going to college. Like we did everything right to get into college. We got into college and we let that band-aid rip hard, like Uh hard, really hard. And so by the time senior year came and we graduated, we were just tired. So you yeah, know I mean? we, we went hard, hard yeah. a little too hard from what we're, our norm was. You guys, you know I, what ha- I hate to break it to you, but I'm the academic of, of, of my family. None yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. No, you don't think so? No. I every, just, every, every, everything you just described is what everybody 
goes through. Yeah. <laughs> who's I guess you're fair. You know, like everybody who was like you when they were older is not this t- this tired this young. I also think for me, I get I got I don't know my anxiety level went up like after the pandemic. So yeah, it's overwhelming being in mm. these crowds now. Like that's true. It's so overwhelming. One of my friends who's like really like just sexy and and, and outgoing and fun, and I just think of him as that person. Mm-hmm. We had dinner last week. And he admitted, he was like, I have anxiety, social anxiety. I was like, when did that happen? He's like, I haven't bounced back from the pandemic. I have social anxiety now. The person that you, you keep on inviting me to these parties and you think I am, I haven't been him in three years. That's me. It's like getting to know a new ver- newer version of yourself. So you guys have some, P- you have some PTSD around the pandemic. I don't know what it is. It's I something. I do. <laughs> you really? You know what's so wild? Because I don't have any. Really? Yeah, I don't have any PTSD from the pandemic. I enjoyed it. Some one of my friends posted, "Can we get a non a deathly version of the pandemic so I can go back to sleeping more?" Oh, oh I'm for down. sure. I'm down for that. I'm if down. you can work from home again, make money, get that uh, pandemic. What was it? Um, stimulus, un- stimulus, and unemployment. Well, some of us did not make enough. Did make too that's much true. to get the stimulus. Thank I didn't you. get the stimulus either. That's true. Yeah, that's You're nice. right. You got stimulus. Moment of silence. Only me. Only me. Only no, no. Shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah, academic yeah. poverty. We, yeah. we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, let's do the intro because we went right into that. Okay. Yeah. Guys, those voices that you've been hearing. This is the a humanized first. Apologies for looking tired. I'm exhausted. Are you guys tired too? Yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when this is being filmed. Actually, I can tell you. This is a pre-recording. We're filming this on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, Chani Nichols, who's like a really great astrologer. You know, I love astrology. This, this podcast is all about astrology. We ask people their, their signs on the show. She was saying how there's so many planets doing so many bat flips right now. She was like, everybody's going to be exhausted for the rest of this week. And when she said it, I was like, is that what this is? I'm tired. And even yesterday, I kept on saying, where's Chloe? And my daughter was like, Chloe's sleeping. sleeping. Anyways, guys, well, the voice that you're hearing is, for the first time ever, I have a family member on Humanized. This is my cousin, Marta Clap, 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 clap. And her girlfriend, <laughs> Chloe. Yo, I cannot believe I am saying I'm introducing somebody from, first of all, I'm introducing somebody from my family on the show. And second of all, mm-hmm. they are in a queer relationship that we're allowed to talk about in public. As immigrants, Marta you know that this is a thing. This is a big moment right now. This is a big moment. This is what our ancestors fought for, our queer ancestors. Our Haitian ancestors. (laughs) In Uh, general. And I I will say this too, me and Marta I'm Haitian and Cuban, Marta is Haitian and Haitian. Um, And Chloe is from Atlanta. And Chloe, (laughs) and the reason why I bring that up is because Chloe has some interesting insights into what it is like dating someone in a traditional West Indian household. I'm not saying Haitian because everything that Haitians do, it's pretty much universal to most immigrants and and especially the Caribbeans. Mm -hmm. And so before I start, Marcia, I I know you think you're going to be the one I'm going to ask the question. I'm actually going to ask you first, Chloe. Oh, Lord. So you nervous? By the way, we're drinking kombucha today. Um, We always uh, have a drink. Uh, Last week when I had a taping, I had a pastor. I didn't want to drink around him because just the optics. What are we toasting to? Oh, I don't know what we're toasting to. Breaking generational curses. Ooh, that's a good one. Because I feel like that's going to be the theme of the conversation. Salud. Salud. Ooh, you far, girl. Okay. There we go. I had to stretch halfway across the studio to to (laughs) salud, Chloe. And we're drinking kombucha because I just completed a 72-hour fast. And if I was to drink alcohol right now, I'd pass out and the show would be over. So, Chloe, my question for you is, what is it like dating someone who's an immigrant and from a a more traditional Caribbean household 
because we're all black, obviously, mm-hmm. but African-Americans and Caribbeans are raised very differently. Yeah. Unless you have like really strict religious parents, then you were one of us. Um, and I just, I'm curious to hear what your first impression was of our family. Oof. And you can be honest. I'm not going to take it personal. Lord, I feel like I'm being put on the spot. Um, <laughs> I guess my first was To like, the mic, to the mic. Oh, okay. sorry. I guess my first was like understanding her relationship with her parents Uh, and just because i'm very close to my family like my mom's my best friend like i talk to her every day y'all talk about feelings we talk about feelings we talk like three times a day we talk about sex we talk about with your mother with my mother every caribbean and immigrant person who's listening to you thinks you're wild right now go ahead that's just (laughs) i will say like that just happened with her because my grandparents are very religious like she she was the the wild and out sister like so it's different with me and her but anyway i would say just like understanding her relationship with her mother and her and her siblings too i guess just understanding her family dynamic and not understanding and not understanding why she keeps trying so be specific because you're speaking cryptically um you could be honest. It's fine. You could be honest. I don't want to put your business out, but just you could be honest without putting her business out. Is it, is it, is it about how they don't communicate? Is it about how like I what think, is, specifically? Uh, I think the communication and them, even though they don't accept her, she still is loving and like has hope for her her parents. Like, oh, the grace that first generation kids show to their immigrant yeah. families. Yeah, let's get into it. I think it's the grace that's. Oh no, the, it requires grace. Yeah, we wouldn't ha- we would be orphans without the grace fam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Manasha, th- what's interesting for me is I, when I was about twenty two, mm-hmm. by the time I was twenty two, I'd been engaged twice, mm-hmm. and I not told a single person in my family. Wow. Because you you know why you're you've seen our family. Yes, I have. Um, and so. <laughs> I got used to, immigrant children are used to lying and picking and choosing what they can share because they don't want to stress out their parents, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a thing that happened where all my uncles, for some reason, stopped using birth control and kept on showing up with new cousins every week. And I was like, look, y'all. And I was the one who had to raise them all, right? So that's why when people say, Blue, you don't have any kids. Do you ever, like, yearn for motherhood? I was a mother up until I left my, my childhood home. Like, your sister is my first godchild. I have like three or four now, right? And so I remember there was one year. What year were we born? Ninety six. I was born ninety six. Yeah, there was there was that year where I was supposed to be thinking about like going to prom and stuff like and boys and things like that. I was changing diapers, and <laughs> one month my aunt popped out a baby. A month later, my uncle popped out a baby. <laughs> And I said, y'all got me fucked up if y'all gonna keep on popping out these goddamn babies for me to raise. So I left home as soon as possible. <laughs> and also, too, I had started experimenting with my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't be gay in this house. I gotta go. So when I came back 15, 20 years later after a tragedy, it took my aunt dying for me to actually come back to the family. I was a prodigal son. Manisha's an adult now. And I remember I, I had invited you and our other cousin, Melissa, Mm-hmm. To come stay with me in West Hollywood mm-hmm. for Christmas mm-hmm. because Melissa's mother had just died. And I was like, come to L.A. I'll fly you out and show you how beautiful life is out here. Mm-hmm. And we're in the car and we're driving to the this, this expensive ass house in West Hollywood in WeHo that I had rented out. And Madashe, like, you were in the front seat. <laughs> I don't remember this. You're, this is your Sagittarius. Sagittarius tend to just split, split, split things out. And then she was like, yeah, I told my dad that... Um, I was coming to stay with you. And her voice had like a, a bunch of trepidation in it. I said, Oh yeah. Okay, and what happened? And he said, she said, he said you were gay. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Mind you, this entire time, I th- I'm thinking I'm in the closet to my family. She's like, yeah, my daddy said you were gay. I was like, 
oh, okay. And I'm looking at Model Shay's outfit. I was like, nigga, you look gay. <laughs> Backwards. Everything. I was like, Shay, and I said, Model Shay, you look like the man your daddy should have been. <laughs> Is there something you want to tell me? And then you started telling me about what it was like for you being mm -hmm. left behind. Because, you know, as the, the only queer one, I left her behind. Mm -hmm. Didn't know she was gay, yeah. too. And Well, I'm pansexual. Let me be honest with the titles, guys. Because if I end up with a husband, I don't want anybody saying, you said you was gay on the show. You got a whole ass man. <laughs> and I remember hearing and the guilt I felt when you told me what you went through. Because mm. had I been there, I could have protected you. Mm -hmm. And like, I think sometimes I still, oh, I'm not going to cry. Oof. Yeah. I told myself today I wasn't going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> but I think sometimes I feel guilt about leaving you and my cousins behind mm. because there was so much that I could have shielded you guys from. But I felt like I had to leave to figure out what healthy even was yeah. so I could come back and, and, and take you with me, which is what I ended up doing. And one story you told me was about the prom. Mm. Can you share that with the audience? Because that, that gutted me. Yeah. What was it like for you being a queer teenager in a mm -hmm. West Indian Haitian household? Yeah. Wanting to go to the prom as your real authentic self. I just remember, well, first of all, it was just one year after I realized I was queer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember getting a job at Babies R Us, saving my, like, I was saving my money. I was working 30 hours oh, as wow. a high schooler, right? I was like, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear a tux with some heels. I'm going to get myself a 24-inch weave, a lace front. <laughs> okay, the brat. Yeah, for real. It's giving the brat, though. I was like, I already know what colors I want. I just need the perfect person to be next to me, right, to look good with me as well. And so I did the whole promposal, had the girl, had the outfit. Wait, wait, wait. You did a promposal to a, a girl? Yes, I did in front of the whole school. <gasps> wow. I got oh, you gay, 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 gay. I got in <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got in trouble by the director, even though she's a lesbian, right? She um, just didn't like that I was setting a tone. Of freeness? Exactly. Not just freeness, just that I was setting a tone that I can disrupt important things that are happening in the school schedule because I did it during assembly. Oh, so it wasn't about the yeah. gay. It wasn't about the gayness. It okay. About, I was at assembly. And, yeah. You're being a Sagittarius. And I had, yeah. some, I, I had paid someone to come sing and stop assembly. <laughs> okay, shout out to you guys know when we do signs. We finally have a Sagittarius in the show. Shout out to y'all. Y'all messes. Yeah. I love Sagittarius, but y'all don't be giving enough dams up front. <laughs> Your model as a Sag is uh, do what you want and ask for an, uh, forgiveness instead of permission. Yes. So... But to fast forward from that, like I got the proposal, I got my. She said yes. Oh, she said yes, yes. Okay, cat daddy, you looked at me like, of course she said oh, yes. Oh yes, because okay, we, we already talked about it. It was just more of like, how are you going to ask me? You okay. know, and that was just the surprise aspect, right? So I got the date. I got my outfit from Men's Warehouse. My best friend came with me, tried it on, picked out this color actually, because blue looks really good on me. Plug for the show, uh huh. <laughs> no, for real. Um, and so I remember just going to prom. My mom was like. Oh, like, I know you told me you bought your outfit. You don't need anything from me, you know, being hyper uh, independent as a Haitian. Which is a trauma response for immigrant exactly. children. Yes. I was like, mom, you know, you don't need to do nothing. I got everything. It was kind of me saying that was one, the hyper independence, but two, I like, I know I got a suit upstairs. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, well, I haven't seen anything for prom. Like, let me see. Especially since she's like comparing me with my older sister, Esther. Esther had two limousines, multiple dresses for prom. So she's like super femme, super straight, keeps on like very fertile. Like Esther's, yeah. our house for Esther's prom was the house that everyone got ready for. Uh, and had the pre-party and after party. So she's like, there's like, you need nothing? Like, yeah. this is confusing. Like, I need, I want to see something. And so when I finally showed her the tux and she was just like, what is this? And she's like, we are going to... Um, see, I think she brought me to Sears, and this is two days before prom. I'm like, 
I'm a plus to, size woman. You don't to get you a dress to get me a dress. Yeah, plus like, size girls can't find last minute in dresses. Two, two days. Not for prom. No, no, no. Yeah. And so we were able to find. It was a cute dress, right? We found one. Why'd you go along with that? Since considering you had already decided to honor who you were, it was That's more like, like why'd you play along with that? I played along. So in my mind, I was like, okay, cool. You know, she she wants me to do this dress thing. I'll do it. She's yelling at me. Trauma response mm. is just to go with whatever, like yeah. survivor mode, you know, just hearing her yell and like- You were shutting you down. Open? She was like, are you, are you gay? Are you gay? Are you gay? What did like, you say? I was like, no, I'm not gay. I just want to wear a tux. Of course I'm gay. Wait, pause, 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 pause. Again, for those of you who are watching the show, um, visually it's very easy to see that you guys are a lesbian couple. Like nobody had to have that announcement. You really looked your mother straight in the face and said, I'm not gay. Yes. After you showed her your your dyke of the century tux, my dyke of the century tux, I told her I is not gay. And what did she said, did she I believe said, you? I said this is fashion. <laughs> <laughs> See, I this is why we have to do a sound check on laughing. <laughs> Mama, this is fashion. <laughs> this is. I love how the Haitian accent came out when you started lying. Oh no, mommy, this is fashion. fashion this is mm -hmm. fashion, and she was like, "This is not fashion. This She's is like, this, this is, is homosexual." Gay. Yes, exactly. And so. Um, and I think what hurt me in that moment was Esther was there. And your big so sister. My big sister was there. and she My made, goddaughter, your big sister, yes. <laughs> yes, she made Esther and I and my mom go dress shopping after school. And so I was just like, really? like Did Esther know that you were gay? No, but there was some she like, inkling. She, like, everyone had an inkling since I was a kid. Yeah, you know? I, um, I remember, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone had mm -hmm. an inkling, right? And so fast forward, I the day of prom... I told my mom, I'm getting ready at Jamika's house. Sorry, I'm, I didn't mean to name drop, but... She's not my friend. You can say whatever yeah. you want. Um, we're still on good terms. Shout out, Jamika. So I'm like, yeah, mom, let's drop me off at like Jamika's house, who AKA is my prom date. But no, we're just getting all getting ready there, like our friends are. And she dropped me off. and But she didn't know I had packed my bag the night before, mm -hmm. my duffel bag with the tux, the heels, and everything, right? And she dropped me off. I had I went to prom. It was great. In the tux or the dress? In the tux. Of course okay. the tux. Okay. I just want to make sure for the audience that we're hitting the, the points. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so you lie, say, no, me, I know gay. Then you go to your friend's house and then dress as gay as possible with your with your, your girlfriend. Y'all go to prom. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when you come home? So the main thing that's really important about getting ready for prom is that my cousin did my makeup. And she oh. did. She took my photos. <gasps> the makeup was really beautiful, but she posted them on social. And so but she took photos in the prom. You knew they were gonna get out, friend. I did. So photos for prom, I I actually dodged the camera the whole time that night. You were internalizing yeah. so much yes, shame. Yes, I did not want to be seen, and so I. Yeah, I dodged the camera. I was good. I was good for prom. All right. So for the sake of this, because we only have an hour, I don't want to get too much into what happened in prom, but like. So that was a lot of shame in that story. Yes, like you basically. were. It was like you were fighting to be who you were. Yeah, but you were also having to like make sure that nobody saw you being who you were, who was close to the family. Exactly. You mentioned that my aunt, and you guys know that I love my aunt. Um, I've talked about her frequently on the show mm -hmm. and in different things on live. There's an altar to her at my house. You guys seen the altar with her beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. You mentioned mm -hmm. a story about one time that she came to your defense. Okay, so yes, she did. So what happened was when I got picked up from my dad, my dad immediately was like, I saw you on, on social media with this tux and he just punched me, right? <gasps> he punched me right immediately once I got Where? in the car. Just in my face. Like he just punched <gasps> like my dad just like pop. And I was like, I know I'm not gay, I'm not gay, like stuff like that. And um, so we get to um, my aunt's house, our aunt's house, right. right? And he has me sitting there in the living room, he's yelling. And he's just yelling like, you're gay. Like, why would you dress like that? You're, you're Satan. And then I just remember wow. Melina. 
and her husband, our aunt, Mm -hmm. and her husband being like, she's such a good kid. Like, she's good. Like, why are you treating her like this? And I just remember her going on that rant of like, why are you doing this to her? That story hurts me for many reasons. Number one, I didn't know he hit you. Yeah, he hit he he continuously, but we, we'll talk about that later. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, cause he wouldn't have done that around me, cause he's scared of me. So that's a good thing to know. I can be a goon for you. Like, he, <laughs> he don't play with me. Um, the family always thought of me as the the scary one because I could not be shamed. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in these households, um, and maybe we should put a trigger warning for this for this episode. Cause I didn't realize it was gonna take this turn. But in 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 these kind of households, it can get violent very whether it's physically or emotionally, energetically, spiritually. Because your father's probably the most evangelical person in our family right now. And so because he's so evangelical, I'm I'm dis- disappointed but not surprised if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. My mother would know better. My, my mother has never hit me my entire life. Wow. I know. And Damn. I've never been spanked. Um, I've, oh, wow. ne- I've never dealt with colorism in the family. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many stories that you told me of things that you went through that we, we don't have to get into. Yeah. That I did not go through. Yeah. And when I left, that safety left with me, which I think that's where my guilt comes from. Mm-hmm. Because in the family, there was this thing of you can't do it around her because she's going to. Yeah, to this day. To this day. There are things that the family will not do and show their asses unless I'm out of the room because they know better. I will, I will blow this whole thing down. Everybody could die tonight. Like I'm gonna burn this whole house down. There was a Thanksgiving we were having, th- and I didn't at this time. I wasn't even out or didn't even know that I was pansexual yet. Mm-hmm. And Melissa, our cousin, mentioned a lesbian at her school, and she was talking. She mentioned something in passing. It was very mm-hmm. small, and my mom was like, "They let gays at school." Oh, let me tell you, Thanksgiving was over. Okay, <laughs> turkey went flying. People were screaming. I was like, "Yeah, y'all some bigots." And I looked at I looked at Melissa and said. That girl, whoever she is that you just mentioned, she's a good person. Don't mind these bigots who are sitting at the table with it. I pointed mm-hmm. to all of our parents. I was like, they're they're bigots. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. Fuck Thanksgiving. Exactly. And they were like, oh my God. <laughs> no rights for you, right? They were like, oh my gosh, she's so crazy. So the family thinks I'm nuts because whenever they get abusive, I shut shit down. And when I hear what you've gone through, it's fascinating because I, for some reason, I'm just a little different. You know what I mean? Maybe it's me being neurodivergent. I knew how to immediately say, I can't stomach this. You can't do this around me. But you guys were a lot more gracious, to Chloe's point, to some of the abuse. And yet, despite us taking two different routes, what field are you in, Marisha? Share with the audience. I am getting my PhD right now in clinical psychology. So do you see, clap, clap, clap for that. <laughs> yes, my cousin's real smart or whatever. Yes. You guys know that everybody asks me why I'm not a clinical psychologist. And the answer is you can't be a psychic psychologist because that'd be inappropriate. And HIPAA would come for your ass because you can't tell a client, well, my spirit guide is telling me. You know right. what I mean? Like you can't do that. But if I didn't have that gift, I probably would have done the same thing. And so it's just interesting to me that you are almost like the version of me <laughs> that stayed behind. Mm-hmm. And now... You're having more fun than most of the family. Those same people that were, we just named mm-hmm. are locked in their rooms, devastated by regret and sorrow and all these wounds yeah. that they haven't healed from. Mm-hmm. And you have this girl, you have a girlfriend and y'all are planning vacations and mm-hmm. going on foodie tours and having all this fun, coming to visit me in LA. And it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like, I think the reason why I don't feel anger towards the family mm-hmm. is because I feel sad for them. I do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like you get to a point where you start to pity your abusers. Which is why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I feel like there are so many people who watch me who yeah. only see the self-actualized blue. They don't know I came from that. Mm-hmm. And there are things that, that happened that you don't know about that happened before you were born that I don't even want to get into. 
fair enough. But fair there's, enough. there's people running around with machetes and all types of wild stuff. You've heard the stories. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. My mother, I'm just saying, my mother ran after her mother with a machete. We're still friends. <laughs> but that's very, all the West Indies are laughing because that part is funny to them. For the, the Americans who are appalled, machetes are like a love language in a very toxic way. And then you end up in the space now where you're freely yourself. When did you move out? Because mm. you have to eat shit for survival, right? A lot of queer kids, either they're homeless Mm-hmm. or they shut up and they stay in the house and eat shit. So when did you say it's time for me to leave the house? So I decided that when I was 11. I said oh, I'm wow. going to get a full ride to college with residence, <laughs> residential <laughs> and dining. I'm going to have somewhere to live. And ironically, I'm wearing the shirt of the school that saved me. Shut like, them out. Uh, Simmons College, but it's now Simmons University. Shout out to Simmons. <laughs> I have a lot and of friends so, in Simmons. And so during my four years, like I was honest with my um, housing, and I was like, I can't go home during the summers oh or during winter break or during Thanksgiving break. Like I need to be here. And so they were like, um, some sometimes they would let me stay there just for fifty dollars, or sometimes they would just let me stay there for free. Mm-hmm. And so just having that, and then I had to move back home after I graduated, though, because finding a job was hard. Finding a job that what like, year was that? 2019 so recently like finding a job that matched my heart and matched all the work i had done yeah for so long i couldn't find it so i i made a plan like i'm gonna stay home for a year and so in 2021 i moved out um and i've been on my own since then and i can't go back if i go back uh my parents well specifically my mom is like if you come back you have to be straight like you have to dress this way (sighs) you need to be this way or you can't come back and so I'm trying yeah. so hard not to get angry because I'm supposed to be a host. But well, this I, is me. Like I'm always 24, like angry because then they'll call her and be like, "What you doing?" Then they'll go on like a 10 minute rant about why you shouldn't be gay. Like this and is you stay constant. on the phone. She stays. I stay on the phone. I put myself on mute. But it it do be random. I'll be like, "Mom, random. like, can you make me some rice and chicken?" Well, you can't be gay and like I, we to don't eat the rice and chicken. Homosexuals eat, eat rice and chicken all no, the time. It be random. on random stuff. So I will random. say this though. I, one of the ways that I trained my mother. My mother doesn't do any of that crap. Mm. Like, and then one of the ways that I trained her is. Um, you ever seen that clip of Peppa Pig? And they're asking Peppa Pig, do you know how to whistle? And Peppa can't whistle, but her friend knows how to whistle. And Peppa's mad. So she just hangs up on the bitch, like, quietly, like, okay, bye. Yeah. My mother knows that if she talks to me crazy any kind of way, I'm going to be like, mommy, I love you so much. I hope you get, you feel better. I'll call you later when, when you're not talking like this. That's me. And she will get hung up on. That is Your me. father is frightened of me. Because if he even raises his voice, i am be like, who are you talking to? Is there a basic bitch behind me? You good, uncle? You good? <laughs> and so it's one of those things of... At a certain point, you're going to have to stop being so polite, fam. I know. And it's it's really hard. And yeah. I think it's something in therapy that I'm still trying to navigate and understand how I can be able to do that. Because my mind and my core beliefs mm-hmm. are so ingrained that, like, doing that is disrespectful. It is. And also, like, they it talk is, about yeah. all their psycho- sacrifices and that. They weaponize their sacrifices. Yes. Not only just coming to America, but me being a child that needed more attention medically and other things. Like, But they're your parents. Nobody told him exactly. to, your daddy to shoot up the club and make you. Like, exactly. They don't get to throw that in your face. Exactly. And so sometimes I, I have to, which is crazy because it's easier for me to tell my clients all of this. Absolutely. Right? It's always easier to give <laughs> advice than <laughs> right? to take it. And then when I look at myself, I'm like, girl, you should be doing the same. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And I don't know why it's hard. Um, it, it, it's it's oh god yeah if i could go back in time i would have started flying you out to visit me where i was living a long aww. time ago no seriously I f- like i almost feel like I, I owe you and melissa an apology oh i'm not gonna cry on the show but i almost feel like oh you guys an apology because the family 
they did things to you that I didn't know that they were capable of. Mm. And here's the thing: the whole the point of sharing these family secrets because people want to be like, "Boo, you were really out here just <laughs> spilling your ah ah ah." And you know, mummy watches the show. Oh. I- Hello. <laughs> Hi, mommy. Hi, Nana. Hi. Um, my, my mother watches the show. I'm not sure if she knows what I'm talking about half the time. She'd be like, okay, your friends are on. Oh, you look so pretty. Who's that? Like, my mother is constantly watching the show. So um, she's going to see this and I don't care. Because mm-hmm. I feel like at a certain point you have to shame the devil and you have to make it abuse inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's so fascinating to me is we fl- I flew you out to L.A. because I, I constantly want you and, and Melissa and even Jonathan and, and Mitchell, if they were open to it, mm-hmm. to see how life gets to be on the other side of healing. Mm-hmm. I'm completely healed. The family has zero control over me. Mm-hmm. Right. I want you guys to see what's possible, because if I knew what was possible, I could have probably skipped about seven years of, of really da- damaging things that I did to myself. Mm-hmm. Just knowing there was there's an alternative. But also part of me wonders in the field you're in, mm-hmm. you're being re-triggered in the field. And this is like the audience, you guys know, we, I, we always talk about therapy. Let's get into it. Let's get, <laughs> we're, we're in that part of the show. We always talk about therapy. So me and Marta Shea come from an immigrant family where emotional intelligence was not the norm and emotional abuse, abuse was very, very normalized. I called my family verbally abusive. I didn't know that people were getting hit out in these streets, but I always known the family was verbally abusive, as are most Caribbean families, right? The way we talk to each other as a people is naturally very abusive, verbally abusive. However, when you decided to be in the clinical field, <laughs> um, when you arrived, we're not going to get into too much detail, a white Ooh. woman oh my God. who shares space with you <laughs> wrote you a correspondence that was so disrespectful Mm-hmm. I had to remind myself how much I had to lose because I would have I would have caught a flight to Boston <laughs> with her ass, right? And mind you guys, we always talk about how black people want black therapists because they want their therapists to be culturally competent, to understand the nuance, and to not feel like they have to justify their existence, right? Mm-hmm. To know that black clinicians are experiencing racism from white clinicians. Mm-hmm. Fuck the patients. The clinicians amongst themselves are dealing with racism. Number one, what was your thought when the Karen... <laughs> who shall not be named, um, showed her ass to you because you were simply doing what was right and felt comfortable as a colleague talking you do crazy like you were a bitch off the street. I think for me it was just like, oh, I've been dealing with this a lot, but now that someone put it in a nice little tight, tight little bow in an email, I'm like, this shit is real, you know? Racism in, 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 Race, the, in, the, in the therapy field is very real. It's real because it's not only your colleagues, it's also the people training you. It's mm-hmm. also the people that's signing your stipend for you to be in this program and to live off this program. And so when I got that email, I just felt an immense anger. Like, I feel like I'm fighting through all these hoops in order to support my community. And I have these people that are saying like, I'm an ally, I'm here to support you. Like your work is important. Like having you in this po- in, pro- in this program is important because we don't have that representation. But at the same time, you're showing your ass. You yep. really don't really, like you really don't mean it. Mm-hmm. You're just saying it to say it, just to have it on paper because now, the APA, which is the American Psychological Association, requires us to have multiculturalism, whatever that means to white people, um, within our program. And so I feel like oftentimes I'm just a check mark. And with that, especially just, at our school. Especially at our school, because Chloe as well went to our, um to URI as well. I don't care that I'm naming it, but um They'll be okay. <laughs> um, but as I as I like go through that motion and through these systems at this institution I realized it's time for me to go and to make something 
just to get that piece of paper so that I'm able to just make something out of myself because America requires you to have this piece of paper. I'm just going to take it and just move on from it. So what's really devastating for me to hear is that I say all the time that not all therapists are good therapists and mm -hmm. finding a good therapist, it's like finding a boyfriend or a girlfriend, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you have to date them and figure out if you're compatible or not. And we already know that there are therapists who are ill-equipped to deal with people of color mm -hmm. and to deal with queer people. But to hear that there are some who are just Karens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like, what would be your advice to someone if they found out their therapist was a Karen, because I will say this, people are going to be surprised, as pro-black as I am, <laughs> we have a lot of white people who watch the show. Wow. Right? Oh, okay. And the white folks who watch hey. the show are the ones that I can talk to like this, right? <laughs> like, none of my white friends, shout out to y'all, um, I love y'all, I do not code switch for y'all. If I have to code switch for you as a, as a white friend, we can't be friends, right? Mm -hmm. And so the ones who listen to the show, they're like, okay, I'm going to listen so I can hear like how to fix it without me getting cussed out. So if you had to say to, let's talk to the therapist first. Mm -hmm. What would you say to a white therapist or a non-BIPOC therapist who is seeking to actually do justice to people of color and to the queer community? I would say to let us be into the room, not as a check mark or number. You utilize us as individuals who are also just therapists. Yeah. Not just a therapist who happens to be black or a therapist who happens to be queer. What would you say to them about their clients, though? About their clients who are people of color? Yeah. Oh, I would say cultural humility, 100%. Like cultural humility, wow. 100% because I feel like white clinicians try to pick out this treatment or this mo um, modality that we have been trained to. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, BIPOC are using other things like spiritual means, mm -hmm. you know? So like being able to listen to your client of what else they want to include in their healing and in their treatment, because we're not going to always be doing CBT and they know what that is. Yes. If you're a clinician, everybody <laughs> knows what CBT yeah, is. You're not going to be using CBT, DBT and all those modalities to the T. You're going to have to include the cultural part and the cultural humility part comes with being okay to be wrong. Oh so, yeah. yeah. I had a friend um, who I loved who her therapist gave her such bad advice. I was scared for her. Mm. And she took it, and it was bad advice. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay? And um, it hurts my heart because a I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist. I am a coach. 90% of the people I work with say, you're helping me more than my therapist. That is not a compliment to me. Mm. I do, I, I'm not supposed to be helping you more than your therapist. I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. Like, they are helping you deal with all that clinical stuff, and I'm supposed to be the, the person who's helping you strategize. The fact that the, the person who's strategizing is showing you more psychological safety... And then the person with all the degrees behind their their names, it upsets me, right? And mm -hmm. but I also have a lot of friends in the past who were therapists who were just horrible people. <laughs> and so if you were a client now, let's go on the other side, mm -hmm. how would you tell a person who's seeking therapy how to smell if they might have the wrong therapist in their midst? Or maybe how they might know they have the right therapist in their midst? I think you have a wrong therapist in the mix if they are not listening. And what I mean but by they're not listening is when they give you that reflective piece of where like, did you mean this? And they're consistently, you're consistently saying no. Yeah. That's a red flag right there. Because mm. if they're not be being able to restate the information that you're say, staying outside, um, sorry, outside, uh, verbally out, that means that they're not internalizing how to help you. And then they're not processing it in a way that's, that's loving and helpful. Exactly. And that's actually a great point because I had a friend who, I've talked about this ad nauseum, so I'm not going to overstate it. We were friends for over 20 years. And mm -hmm. when I looked back at the point where 
we probably needed to stop being friends. Because you know when you love somebody, you last lo much longer than you're supposed to? Of course. Yeah. Every time he would be like, oh, so what you mean is, I would, I would always be like, no, not at all. Like, you weren't even close. Exactly. It was a year of him constantly repeating to me what he thought I said, and it was never right. Mm. And I was like, how'd you get there? You're not listening. <laughs> but not only that, like, the, the, the conclusions she was jumping to were so mm. nasty and not of my character. I was like, no, I didn't do that for that. I would never do that for that reason. Oh, my God. And it wasn't me being defensive. It was me being stunned by how off he was. Mm. So you're saying if a therapist can't even internalize what you're, and process what you're thinking like a good friend... Yes, because the at the reason, very basic level. And the reason why I say that is because as a therapist, when I'm listening to my client, not only am I listening to the facts and trying to understand them, but I'm also thinking of what modalities do I need to use in that present moment? Mm -hmm. What does my client need in that present moment? So if I can't even understand you and I'm trying to help you, like, I, like it's not going to work. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of what questions I need to ask you to help you clinically. What CBT skills do, I, do you need in this current moment with the fact that you're saying? So the fact if a clinician cannot understand what you're saying, then... It's pointless. How do you know that you're in the midst of a good therapist to make it more positive? How do you know, like, oh, this is it. This is my home. Because I have people who've told me that they'd rather break up with their mm -hmm. boyfriends than with a good therapist. Because it takes a while to get there. <laughs> Chloe was like, yeah. I still don't have a good one. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I've it's been through, like, hard. at least three. I'm just. You've been to three therapists? Yeah. Why did you leave them? One, the first one was a white male, and he didn't get me. He was like, it was like one time I was going through some stuff with my mom. He was like, oh, you should just stop talking to her. What? Oh, your what? your best friend mom that you were just shouting out earlier in the yeah. show? Yeah. Because we had some issues, but I was just like, that's not good advice. Yeah, and that's it, bad he advice. Wasn't, yeah, he wasn't. And then another one, it was just, she was, I felt like she was just agreeing to agree. Was she a person of color? She was. She was a black woman. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so happy to have a black woman <laughs> therapist. But it was just like, she wasn't helping. She was like, mm-hmm, that's not right. Like, I was just like. Oh, not hey, girl, hey. Yeah. And you know what, too? I'm happy you brought that up. Because mm -hmm. when I think about the, the bad therapists that I know personally, they're all black. So. Yeah. It happens because. It's, not all kinfolk. Is the right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. what sometimes happens is like. It becomes too conversational. No, we need the strategies. Like yeah. The cl the actual clinical strategies mm -hmm. and how you're gonna practice that for next week when we meet up. Right. So is that how you know you have a good therapist? That's how. That's what I was about to say. That's how you know you have a good therapist when they're actually giving you tools to practice and are open to changing those tools until we find an actual one. Wait, that's how you know you have a good coach. So that's okay. It's, that's, a, it's exactly the same. Let me tell it's you. Definitely. The first thing I say to all my clients is please get a notepad. Because mm. this is going to be notes and I need to know that you're actually retaining them. Because if we're actually strategizing, it can't be a key key session. Yeah. I think folks are always surprised when they come to me for a, a consult or a reading. They're like, oh, we're not just talking. No, you know, you're not paying me to just key key. You can call your homegirl for that. I'm not charging you 200 some dollars an hour to hang out <laughs> with you like you're the homegirl. Right. Now, here's the thing, though. Now that you know that the system is rigged against us, duh. Mm. <laughs> and you know that the Karen's amongst us. By the way, shout out to that beautiful email. That uh that was sent to her as a response. You know who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Madusha wrote a, a, a very uh you got me fucked up, fuck around and find out kind of email, <laughs> and I use my editing skills to make it uh what I call uh Karen speak. Yes, I speak Karen very fluently. <laughs> Um, very per my last email kind of tone. Mm -hmm. And by the time it was done, Chloe was like, yes, you better tell that bitch. <laughs> and to the point so where good. she was like, Masha, can we get on the phone? We scared her into like leaving the, the email and wanting to talk to you on the phone. And I, I, I don't know if I'm going to still speak to her, but anyways. <laughs> don't speak to her till you're safe. What were we about to say, Chloe? No, I was just agreeing. I have a question for you now. Like you just said that you haven't found a good therapist yet. And you're in a relationship, by the way. With a therapist. With a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explain that to me, friend. That's a lot. By the way, Chloe and Madisha just celebrated their one-year anniversary. 
<laughs> Yo, one year for the for the young the the young kids is like three or four. So shout out to y'all. Thank, Invite me thank, to the thank wedding. You, thank you. All right. So like, how does it feel not having a good therapist, but to be sleeping with one? That's that's a very interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know. Currently, I don't think I need one right now. No. Yeah, I just feel like. I don't know, like, I went through, like, going on antidepressants, trying to figure out my, how to get my anxiety, like, okay, and, like, just graduating college. So I was just, like, I feel like I want to figure out myself by myself. I call that therapy fatigue. Mm. Because you still need one, by the way. I love I, you. I know. Oh, oh no, you still I know need, I need one. one. But, I, but there's a thing called therapy fatigue where mm-hmm. you just, like, you need to not, not have anybody coming at you for a second yeah i just need a break i just need to even i need i need some silence to even know what i feel so i can tell you yes. when i find another therapist <laughs> right that is, yes yeah and so the funny thing is though you're in the house though with a therapist and a, and a life coach yeah <laughs> how's this week been for you friend girl trying to figure out my goals in my life right y'all, y'all trying to make me realize i got it all here like i'm sorry babe i know I know, <laughs> I know how hard it is for people to stay to be around a coach all the time mm-hmm. but to be around a therapist and a coach for yeah. a week straight in a in a house? I feel like I'm always asking, so how does that make you feel, babe? And, oh my and, God, I always, and, I'm just like, I don't know, girl. And okay. I'm the opposite. I, I was chatting, like me and Chloe were talking to the I was like, so Chloe, why do you feel like that? Well, you need to find an answer for that, Chloe, before no, you think and, about anybody else, Chloe. You need to stop saying but. You need them to figure out this. I'm like, stop negating your feelings. Feelings, <laughs> <laughs> feelings, I'm like, oh God. I just like to not think about feelings sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, right? So here's the thing. It's good to not overthink. Yeah. Because there are a lot of folks who know the language. This is a joke I used to always make. Like, I could tell y'all read a self-help book backwards. There are a lot of <laughs> folks who know the language, but don't know shit about applying it. Their lives don't speak to any improvement. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, did you really read it? Like, did it really work? Mm-hmm. So I get how it can be exhausting. However, there's a difference between taking a break versus making excuses for not being an active participant in your own elevation. Mm-hmm. Why are you making a face, Chloe? Because I know. Because, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know I need one, but if I don't have to talk about my feelings today, I'm okay with that. How many days? Are you, are you can give to like a month, a, a couple months? <laughs> you don't have to put a time limit on it. I was about to say that. I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Okay, so for so for you guys though, you're a young couple. What is it like being in a relationship during a time where love is people are acting like love is dead? Because mm. a year for for anybody at this point mm-hmm. is considered a big deal. Like it used to be like a year was big if you were in your 20s. I know 40 year olds who can't pull off a year. I just dragged myself. Shut up, Blue. All right, oh go ahead. God. So what, is it, what does it feel to be in a relationship during this time where social media is telling you that relationships are whack and F them and da 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 and everybody cheats? Like, what does it feel to be committed right now? To be honest, yeah, I try not to listen to all that noise. Amen. Um, but for me, it feels liberating to know that I have one person, mm-hmm. right? It feels liberating to know that I do not have to continue doing this trial and error mm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, and also, the errors, the errors were erroring because me and Madisha would get on the call every breakup. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. hard. And I'm just like, I understand people are about their hot girlness, and that's cool and all. I think for me, I kind of got tired of it. Mm-hmm. I got, I got tired of like taking on multiple people's energy. Yo. I get energy de- deprived, like I'm energy de- fatigued easily from yeah. other people. And trying to be with like multiple people, it just wasn't there. And so also celebrating our one year to us, like it feels so fast. Fast. It feels like it's been a couple months. A year feels fast, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. It, so y'all still really like each other. <laughs> Is that yeah. what you're saying? I guess so. Yeah. Y'all still, what, what, why do you, like, you want to say something about that. What were your thoughts on that, Chloe? Well, before that, but I was just saying like, for me, like, it's been easy. Mm-hmm. Like to do a one year, like it's just been easy. I don't know, like. 
before like we got in a relationship, like I didn't really I'm I wasn't into the love. Like I thought Oh, it you were hot girl? I mean you were, you just, were, were you were a little for the streets? If I had something, I had something. If I didn't, I oh, didn't. Oh, you were, like, were you were a homosexual fuckboy? Well, okay, okay. We're not gonna call you future. We're not gonna call you future yet, even though you are from I don't Atlanta. Think so. <laughs> no, I didn't need anybody. I think that was the uh, thing. I didn't need anybody, so I was okay with myself. Okay. So to me, like being together, it was easy. Like, how did y'all meet? Hinge. Hinge. <laughs> Everybody keeps telling me about Hinge. I keep getting likes on there and not checking. I'm like, I don't want to know who like I was today. surprised. I was surprised too. Why? Because it was my first time actually being on a dating app. Mm. I tried once in undergrad, but I was like, I've seen too many of my friends on there. I was like, it's too much. That's why it's I can't do it. Yeah. I've had people be like, hit me up, and I think they're going to chat me up. They'd be like, I love you on Hollywood Unlocked. <laughs> I, I'm trying to smash, sir. Like, what the? F- yeah. No, don't do that. Even clients on the phone, like, I'll be on the phone. They'll be like, oh, I saw you on such. I'm like, I'm supposed to be helping you. Don't do that. Let's, let's, yeah. let's not do that. So I can imagine for you on a dating app seeing your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone screenshotted my things like, what you doing on here? I said, oh, <gasps> I got to stop. So I joined back in, like, what, 2021? Yes. And then, like, a couple months or a month we met. Yeah, because we, we matched on December 13th. You yeah. remember the exact day? She I do, do because wow. it's, it was. It, I swiped, that's so romantic. It's because I swiped right on my birthday for her. And you took, were her birthday gift to herself, and, and then it took oh my, a week. By the way, let me tell y'all, my cousin's a little bit of a cat daddy. Uh, she be opening doors and shit. Like she is so. When I when I made that joke earlier about how she's the man her daddy should have been, I do think that's why he's so mad at you. <laughs> Dead. No, seriously, I've seen your father. <laughs> you act the way your mother probably wished he did, and it's I'm so dead. it's so interesting that y'all's relationship is ten times healthier than their theirs. Yeah. So they're trying to force you to be straight, but you're actually doing what they couldn't. Ooh, exactly. Well, that's a drag. Mm. Love my family. <laughs> um, before this, were you guys in long term relationships? What was your longest relationship before this? A month, two. A month or two. Wow. Okay, I'm not gonna because, call you future Chloe, no, because, but you, <laughs> okay, you I see the sign. My. Growing up, I didn't see healthy relationships. Let's just say that. Neither did, neither did we, apparently. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I didn't believe in it, the love thing. Oh, you didn't believe in love at all? She didn't. She no. didn't. No. You were just going hinge out here trying to see what was out there. I was like, ooh, what's out here? Yeah, I was. And found I was. you a whole West Indian <laughs> cat daddy. Okay. And she was actually the first girl I went on a date with. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't come out until 2020. <gasps> that was yeah. five minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. What, okay, so what made you come out? And how do you identify? Because we don't want to assume. Uh, I was bisexual. Now I consider myself pansexual. Oh, you're pansexual? Like, yeah. yeah like, so, look at that. Another pansexual on the show. Did we just do like a hand clap? That, that was like the color purple. Sister, I see you. I've never had another pansexual on the show self identified. Yeah, so I'm like, excited. When I first, yeah, first came out, I was bisexual. But then I was like talking to Marsha. Well, anyway. But I came out in 2020. But I knew before because I was like, ah. when everybody was like, oh, I don't see myself dating a girl. I'm like, I don't see nothing wrong with it. So I was like, I'm going to just come out. I came out first to my sister. Is she older or younger? She's older. She's 30. She's like, okay. And she was like, you want, have you told mom? I was like, no, not yet. And then I told my aunt who just passed. Aww. And then I told my mom. She was like, oh, I knew it. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, <laughs> oh, you did. oh, your mother's fun. She was like, yes. Yeah, she was like, she's like, we're going to pride, she's baby. Like, <laughs> I know she was like, she was like, you know, I thought your sister would be something, but I knew it. Yeah, she was. It's the bounce. It's the bounce. I thought your bounce. sister would be bad. I was like, ooh. Your like, mother was excited to finally have her, what do you call alphabet mafia in yeah. the family. And she was like, she was like, I, I should have known when you, we went to church that one time he was talking about gay is not right. You got so mad at me. You got 
so mad. I said, I was like, at that time, I was an ally mom. But she, I was an ally too. Right. I was an ally for so long. But, and then ended up with a girlfriend, just wait, like wait. you. The thing is, that's funny about you both, is that you guys had al- alphabet friends. Yeah. And you guys were oh, like, I, had a lot. I love my friends, I'm allies. And then you're like, wait. I might be a little bit of a I homosexual. Little- By the way, I, this is a joke that we, we said, I should say to some people, people who are watching the episode for the first time, or the show for the first time, welcome. And welcome back to our, our ongoing guest. I started saying homosexual. <laughs> As a joke, <laughs> when I came out to my fiance, he was the first person I came out mm-hmm. to, by the way. Mm-hmm. I didn't come out to the family at all. They just had to deal with whatever. <laughs> and I, he, he was like, what's wrong? I was like, I think we need to break up. And he was like, why? I love you. He was like, I don't think we can get married because I think I'm a homosexual. <laughs> and he was like, what now? And I was trying to be funny. So something about the X made it seem like it was a lot more sinister. Yes. Making it a soft S felt like Snagglepuss, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it was a joke. And since then, I say homosexual. And when people see me, they're like, Blue, you are so well-versed. Why can you not say homosexual? I'm like, that's not as fun as homosexual. No, for real. Yeah. But it's so crazy that I thought I was an ally. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think, too, not all allies are gay. I don't want anybody watching this and saying, oh, so if, if my kid's an ally, he's, a, he's, he's a homosexual? No, no, no. no. It don't no. work like that. But, but it, because society is not so welcoming, you have to figure out what you are. Exactly. And I think being pan is probably the hardest to figure out. It definitely when you, is. When you go to LGBTQ+, mm-hmm. and then you double-click, and there's A-I-I-I, whatever, we are at the bodega around the corner the pansexuals yeah. are yeah so, it, it, people don't even know what we are half the time mm-hmm. I have bisexuals constantly asking me why are you not bi and so for me the way I describe it is a pansexual means that I fall in love with energy mm-hmm. n- not labels mm-hmm. I don't mind labels I like to know what things are so if you want to call yourself something please let me know so I can call you by, by your right. name so it's not that I'm one of those I don't like labels no you, if you buy a can of soup you, you need labels sometimes right <laughs> functionally speaking mm-hmm. but for me I dated a lesbian who transitioned to being a trans man and didn't give a fuck. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, no, this is not bi. Because <laughs> we're off the binary now and I'm still here. Right. So that's, to the people who are watching who don't know what pansexual means, it means if you fall in love with somebody, you actually don't care what they call themselves. Uh, straight, cis, trans. Mm-hmm. If I love you, whatever you call yourself, I'm rocking with you. Yeah. And, and, and bisexuality is not always that rigorous. And so I do mm-hmm. like the distinction because my bi friends are a lot more traditional. Mm-hmm. And that's why I figured out, like, this year, like, I'm not bi, because, like, I could date anybody. Like, it's not... Girl, I have. It's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) But it's beautiful, though. It's it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. But I'm I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot. So for me, it's like, I feel, watching you guys, Mm -hmm. it's been very healing, because you remind me of what I could have had if I had been your age dur- during a time that was more open. Because mm. you have to think about it. You're, you're blossoming yeah. in the 2020s and, the, and even the, the late 2010s. Right. I was blossoming in the 90s and <laughs> yeah. the early 2000s. So mm. the stuff that I see you guys do, even though I had the mental fortitude, the, the landscape didn't allow it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, the gay community is now being um, seen as overzealous? And what are your thoughts about people who are always going, oh, the gays and the trans, they always have some complaint. Like, what do you think about that social media narrative that is highly championed by people like Dave Chappelle, whether he realizes it or not, mm-hmm. that the gays are overzealous and oversensitive? Because I'm always having to explain mm-hmm. people, first of all, there's white gays and black gays, and racism does ex- exist under the rainbow, mm-hmm. the same way that it exists um, with psychologists and everything, everybody else. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you think that your community, especially the generation underneath you, who's mm-hmm. trying to push y'all out really early, mm-hmm. do you think they're being overzealous, or do you think that the, the old folk are just not catching up fast enough and being bitter i think it's easy to call someone sensitive when you don't understand yeah it's easy to say someone is sensitive when 
you've never seen it before, right? Mm -hmm. And not that you haven't seen it before, you haven't put, made space for it. Yeah. And so do I think our generation is being sensitive? There are, it's not that they're being sensitive. There are some elements where we're like, mm, we, we can be okay with that, right? Yeah. right. Yeah. No, no. Some nuance <laughs> and picking your battles is still a thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't. I think our generation is really just trying to create a space where everyone could be themselves. Yeah. yeah. And your, your generation is also more intolerant mm -hmm. of bullshit. Oh, for sure. Corporate-wise, personally, <laughs> anything. Mm. Yeah, Chloe, I can tell in your eyes, like, Chloe's the kind of person who, if she don't like what's going on, she'll be like, all right, then I'm going to be in the car. Like, she will, she <laughs> will. I will dip, or I will say something, or I will just leave you, because, nah. Yeah. That's interesting watching two women who are in a, the, sim, the same age group, but one's coming from a, an immigrant family, first-generation American. Mm. You're a first, I'm not even the first generation. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I almost got deported like 17 times, y'all. But you're first generation, and then an African-American person, and seeing how, even though you guys have the same ideologies, mm -hmm. how it translates so differently with family. Yeah. yeah. What have you learned, each of you, from each other's cultures? Mm. And I'm saying this because I, I, me and Chloe talked about this. I hate diaspora wars. Black is black is black is black to me. Anything that you can say that one culture of blackness said to you, you said it back. Mm. Right. So there's no victims here. We're all talking shit about each other. So I don't do the African-American versus Caribbean or Caribbean versus African or African versus the world. Like to me, everybody is my cousin. And I, I love moments where black people can heal that divide mm -hmm. because we didn't create it. Right. Exactly. You know, we didn't create it. Right. No, you know who did. It was one boat, <laughs> different bus stops. Right. And so, like, what have you guys learned from each other's cultures? Mm. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. You, want me to go, you first? go first. I will say, I think I, I talk about this a lot with my um, other cousin is, I didn't know you could be friends with your parents. Or even not just friends, but like have a healthy relationship. Oh, that's hurtful. Where you can yeah. love one another and support one another and not put down your own ideologies down your child's throat. Hmm. And I didn't know that siblings could be close. You didn't even know siblings. Siblings could be. I was like, wow, y'all like each other, like, and that's beautiful. And you have several siblings, friend. Yeah. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. yeah, I just, I feel like, just seeing how family can look like in a different light. Because mm -hmm. we still have like similar family, similar, yeah. similar family. But the issues. communication styles are different. The communication yes. styles are different, and the love is different too. What do you mean the love is different? I feel like. Just watching your family, like they love each other and they support. express it. They express it. I, I feel like our family loves, loves, loves us deeply, but they yes. can't. They can't express it. They can't express it, and but her family shows up in a different way. That's that so I, expressing it. Like that's, anything that's outward, our family shuts down. Like what? What yeah. you mean? You want me to show yeah, up to exactly. a, a game? What's a game? Yeah. yeah. You no, know, exactly. They show up. Like just with your sister's like murals and her sister's an artist, and like how much your mother shows up. Like that's beautiful, and I think yeah. that's yeah. one thing. Like. It's just how love can be shown outwardly. How old is your mother, though? She's just turned 56. Yeah, so here's the thing. As you're talking, I'm realizing some of the stuff that we're identifying as immigrant, I don't think it's immigrant. I think it's generational. It could be because our parents are the same age. Be, yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking, but they, they were raised by... Yeah, the yeah. old the old yeah. guard. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. so let's be honest. Mm, okay, <laughs> so it's like your father was the baby of the family, but he acts like my mom, who's the the elder of the family. Yeah, and so I think some of it is generational because some of what you're describing actually would have been accurate for African Americans oh, fifty sure. years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I and I always say this joke: Latin America is always forty years behind. Whatever America, African Americans are doing, we get it in 40 years. Mm -hmm. And so she's getting to benefit from something that you're like, mm -hmm. maybe you're going to be able to do with your family. You know what I exactly. mean? Like mm -hmm. whether it's uh, civil rights, whether it's uh, uh, therapy, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the West Indies are just finding out about therapy like five minutes ago. No, no, like, for real. I have to pay somebody to talk to them. I can talk to George. Like, no, no for we're real. always about a couple decades behind. And so one of the things I always give my African-American friends their flowers is culturally, you guys are a lot more aggressive about pushing the needle. Mm-hmm. And we get to benefit from that. And I think a lot of times immigrant people, we are so stuck on the anti-blackness that we're fed about American people yeah. that we don't think about, yeah, but they're being attacked by the media because they're pushing us further. You know what I mean? Like exactly. there's a gratitude that I have for black Americans that I think a lot of black Americans don't even have for themselves because they haven't been allowed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Chloe? What, do you, what have you learned from the, the sac passe posse? Mm-hmm. I was just trying to think. I just, it's <laughs> I like in regards of her family, it's hard because I haven't been around her family. Mm-hmm. You just don't learn that they're a lot stricter. It's a lot stricter. You uh, like our food? I would say the no, food. Haitian food is busting. You know, you know, I, music. I, I, I could. Oh yeah, she loves Haitian music as well. <laughs> you know, I, I could make a phone call and we can have some Haitian food tonight. Oh, that'd be good. Do, do y'all want me to or not? They, or got, you, they got fried snapper. <laughs> With the sauce. She keeps the- asking for the most expensive of Haitian dishes. <laughs> I was trying to give her some fried chicken or something. I want some white rice and you some black meat sauce. Okay, you know what? We're going to get Chloe some catering. <laughs> some plantains and some pickles. <laughs> Not the pickles. By the way, if you guys have never had Haitian food, please do. Because please. I actually am thinking about having a Haitian-themed dinner for my birthday. Um, yeah. Be beautiful. Because yeah, beautiful. I, I need some more black rice in my life. Um, you guys, I don't even think we looked, I had a whole a, a agenda and I think we actually went through it without me even looking at my notes once because I was That's just wild. so fascinated by the conversation. You saw how this went faster than you thought. Yes. Yeah. You were both so nervous and I was like, you guys talk to me all the time. The premise of the show is we're just sitting around the coffee table having a conversation. I think it's the camera pointing at me. Really? <laughs> do, you, do you get scared of cameras? I don't, I don't think I'm very photogenic. So it's like. That's a lie. That's a lie. I know people who are not photogenic. You know, I was like, babe, you take a lot of photos. She's like, I self-direct. Oh, so one of the so let's go over what we learned today. Okay, class. What did we learn today? We learned that um bad therapy serves no one. No bad therapist serves no one. Um we learned that uh the Karen's must be stopped. We learned that uh we have to make it inconvenient for people to abuse us. Um we heard that generational curses. Um, can sometimes be a factor just as much as culture. Exactly. Like sometimes just the generation that you subscribe to, right, yeah. can be just as bad as culture. And we also learn that the kids are not okay. <laughs> the kids are not okay. Like I, I do feel like I love how smart your generation is. It, it's so funny. I'm a geriatric millennial. You're a baby millennial. So it's like technically <laughs> we're the same generation, but also technically I have friends who have kids your age. Yo, the millennials is a big generation, right? Like, y'all need to, like... I'm actually not considered a millennial. She's I hate not. that. I hate it. You missed it by a year? What are you considered? You're, oh, God. You're an embryo. So. I'm 1997, so I have to... I got my... 97? Yeah. I'd already been through some stuff that I needed therapy for by 97. <laughs> so you, so you're, liter- you're literally young enough to be my daughter. Like quite literally. I still consider myself a baby millennial. Though. I can't. Oh uh, no, no, we'll call you baby millennial. That's we'll, fine. We'll adopt you. We'll adopt you. <laughs> the fact that you're Gen Z for real. Stop. Okay. Wow. Okay. This. When I looked it up, I was shocked. I I feel so old that I'm talking to a baby millennial and a Gen no, Zer who, who are debating who is what. I don't. Um, be. I as Father Christmas have to sign off because the show has to end soon. <laughs> we gotta pay some bills. Uh, for those of you who are watching, please remember if you haven't already, we have an on thy shift workshop that uh, is gonna be amazing. And Manashe and and Chloe, I've invited you guys to join um, on the family discount because the exact things that we talk about. 
in, in the workshop are the things that I've seen you guys struggle with all week. Mm. And I was like, oh, there's a thing for that. You know what I mean? So there's an app for that. <laughs> there's, an, there's an application for that. So it's like, I think the only thing that's stopping you off from freeing yourselves is the tools. Mm. Because like you said, therapists and therapy, they have all these modalities and all these things that they teach you. And that's great. Emotional intelligence is a whole different beast. Exactly. Yeah. With a whole different set of, and it's more intuitive and holistic and culturally competent to your point. <laughs> so if you heard something that resonated with you on the show and you think that you might need a little bit of fellowship and some tools to free yourself, please uh, join us at OTS20.eventbrite.com. That's OTS20.eventbrite.com. OTS stands for Own Thy Shift. And the 20 is because this is my 20th anniversary anniversary during this work Aww. august y'all need to come back august of 2023 it will be 20 years since i started working in That's emotional beautiful. intelligence wow. i know it went it went by really you thought, thought your year went by fast <laughs> that went by quick um and the thing is we're doing 20 percent off for anybody who wants to join because i know some of you are have been saving your coins and for my beautiful cousins because now i feel like you're my in-law cousin <laughs> where can they find you guys you can find me at manifest underscore Mardoche, M-A-R-D-O-C-H-E at, um, what's it called? Instagram. So. And Mardoche, is that from the Bible? Yeah. When you were born It's Mordecai out. in English, but oh, Mordecai. Oh, Mordecai. Mordecai is Esther's uncle, and Esther in real life is my sister's name. So Our families, let me explain this for a pause. We're going to get to your, 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 your handles in a second. Yeah, <laughs> my government name is Maria Manuela. Marie Manuela is because my mother and my father fought over accents. <laughs> Marie is French for Mary. My mother wanted to name me with a French name. And Manuela is clearly Spanish. Mm -hmm. And it means Emmanuel. And also means Jesus. <laughs> my family named me Mary Jesus Toulousma. Translated. <laughs> then they named my baby cousin Esther straight from the Bible. Then Mardashe should have been Mardecai from the, from, from the Bible. Do you see how religious our family is? Exactly. Like, it is so wild how even our names are steeped. Ugh, we'll get into that in the whole other episode. Chloe, where can they find you? I'm not going to lie. I don't know my Instagram. I think it's just that Chloe. Too. You really are a grandma. Y'all are some interest. I don't be on Instagram. You don't be on Instagram as a Gen Zer. No, she don't be. I'm a she really don't. Like, it'll take her a week to see my DMs. Like, Are you serious? Oh, but, but you're a TikToker. I find, no, I don't TikTok. I like to scroll. I'm a scroller. So, Chloe, you know what you just accidentally did? What I don't. Millennials go on Instagram. <laughs> and Gen Z's, and Gen -Z's go, on go on TikTok. Okay, so we have three generations here. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, we have three generations. Technically, I'm a Xennial. I'm not even, because I'm, I'm, I'm actually the other end of you. I'm half Gen X and half Millennial. <laughs> and you're the other side of the Millennial. So, we actually have three generations. You have a Xennial. I.e. a ger geriatric millennial, an actual proper millennial. And she one year before me. Girl, don't yeah. fight this. And <laughs> Chloe about to fight in the car. And then a Gen Zer. So three generations, one mic. Thank you guys for coming. Um, please tell all your young friends um, to watch the episode because I can't wait to hear the feedback yes. that you get from this. And also to all the white uh, allies out there. Um, I have one rule of thumb for you because I've got a lot of emails from you saying that the last couple of episodes have been very helpful. The way you know if you're being a good ally is if you're not centering yourself. Mm. Right? Ally is someone who stands off to the left or the right to be of service. Mm. If you're centering yourself and your feelings and your ego mm. and your mm. desire to be right and vindicated or validated, in that moment you're not an ally. You're a person in an argument. All right. All right, you guys, as always, please be kind to yourselves. Remember, we're all just human beings doing human shit. Bye. And that was the episode. Yeah. That wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. That's
Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. 